Hello and welcome to the Higher Enlightenment Podcast, brought to you by Higher Yields Cannabis Consulting, your seed to sale business solutions team. My name is Adam, your host and part of the creative team here at Higher Yields, and today's episode, number 39, is all about enterprise management for multi-state operators, with our guests, Corey Wagner and Anthony Adkins. Multi-state operators often confuse operating the business with developing the business. These two are not the same. In other words, it's the difference between working on the business and working in the business. In this episode, we'll talk about when a company can recognize the need to separate its business operations from its business development and how this strategic move can have a dramatic impact on everything from cost savings to time savings to revenue growth, brand recognition, demand generation, and more. So let's get on with the show, and let's have you guys introduce yourselves, starting with you, Corey. Hey, good afternoon. I'm Corey Wagner, the CEO of Higher Yields Consulting. Well, thanks for being here. Anthony, could you introduce yourself? And I am Anthony Atkins, Chief Revenue Officer with Higher Yields Consulting. Okay, well, thanks for being here. First question... What is the difference between business development and operations management? Essentially, what does it mean to work on the business rather than in the business? Well, I think the biggest thing on that end is really what, what's process, what system, um, focusing on uh, the elements that are going to uh, produce revenue, uh, that are going to create revenue opportunities, um, overall business development when you're developing. Uh, the tracks and the pathways to uh, revenue models and revenue streams. You know, um, a lot of times you get so involved in uh, an operational process that uh, losing focus on uh, efficiency elements, uh, revenue opportunities, uh, return on investment, and those sorts of things. So in the business development aspect of, of what that is, it's really important to understand you have to take a holistic approach to the overall business and uh, the health um, of that business from my perspective. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, just working, you know, the, the operational piece of it really being the, the day-to-day operations of, you know, how the business works, but always having, you know, business development in mind, whether it's internal or external development, you know, becoming more efficient or finding more opportunities or more revenue. Um, being able to const, being in a constant state of improvement, you know, through your SOPs, whether it be retail or cultivation or manufacturing, you know, seeking out R and D, you know, to be cut, to create new products that, that maybe aren't in the market yet. Um, there's a big difference between working in it and, and working on it. And for a lot of the operators we deal with, a lot of times we find they, you know, they wear a lot of hats working quite a bit internally in the business and helping transaction fill gaps rather than having everything in a good place and all of the process down and documented and being uh, followed through with so that they can actually go out and find those opportunities to make the business operate more efficiently or find new opportunities to scale up the business. How can MSOs best outsource their operations management 
by leveraging expert outside project managers. Well, I think with a lot of these bigger MSOs, you know, when they come into cannabis, some of the, the higher the higher ups don't have a lot of cannabis experience. You know, they've, they've come from, from some, you know, Fortune 500 company or wherever it might be, and they've done very well and they've been very successful. But cannabis is, you know, it's, it's a different industry. There's a lot of different hats you have to wear along the way and a lot of different things that need to go right in order for the bigger picture to, to go right. So, you know, really reaching, understanding what it is that the business model is um, and how some of these larger MSOs are looking to grow, um, whether it be, you know, more territories, more states or more licenses in one area or becoming more um, independent as far as the supply chain goes in, in certain states. All of these are a little bit different business models and will require a little bit of a different team. So reaching out to experts who are more experience in these specific areas, whether it be, you know, license acquisitions or competitive licenses or commercial construction and property identification or bringing together, you know, multiple brands. A lot of these MSOs, they don't really have one cohesive brand. They're operating under multiple brands and going out and acquiring these stores and trying to implement in their procedures, but they don't have that all encompassing umbrella of the one brand that's, that's bringing it all together making, you know, saving them a lot more money, being able to consolidate a lot of those efforts. Yeah, that's very, I mean, that's very true. I mean, because um, outsourcing gives you a different view, gives you a different insight, gives you a second set of eyes, third set of eyes um, in terms of, you know, blended experience uh, that they may not be aware of because uh, working in their business for so long, um, it's, you almost become tunnel vision. You know, it's you can only do it this way because no one's thinking differently. Um, they're only thinking how to make things better, as opposed to it's not about better necessarily all the time. It's just so much about thinking differently or looking at it differently and applying uh, methodologies and uh, you know analysis in terms of what that is. So that third party, that 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 outside expert you know, starts looking at it differently and then helps lend uh, so much additional insight into what's going on. So what should MSOs look for in an enterprise management partner? Definitely experience. And I think a track record for success, um, you know, a fluid relationship where whoever it is they're bringing on has been there, done that. They've seen it. They, they understand the, the multiple things that can go wrong, but more so how to fix those things quickly and be diligent um, and having a real process in place, you know, really working, you know, understanding who this company is that you're bringing in, understanding what their process is for this and making sure you feel comfortable with it. Because a lot of times in consulting, we, we see a lot of, of our competitors, they don't, they don't really have like a, a process down. It's like, okay, bring me on and then we'll figure it out. Um, you know, to really have like a week one, week two, week three, week four, you know, however long that project's going to last, a project plan, something behind it to, to show, you know, credibility and hold people accountable and responsible to, to each, each, each action. But also, you know, knowing that that person you're dealing with knows all of the actions, all the tasks that have to be completed. So I think one of the biggest things is really you know, knowing who you're working with and making sure you feel comfortable with their process and their procedure for taking taking whatever uh, obligation to the company off the, off their hands to be able to complete it for them. 
Yeah, that's very, I mean, that's very true. I mean, that's, uh, that's so, so insightful, you know, from that perspective. And um, when you have the ability to work and involved um, with that experience in, in many different environments, not just a singular uh, environment, or you did it for yourself or what have you, but assisting and working that experience in so many different examples and environments and seeing so many corrective, you know, elements that are so important to increased efficiencies, you know, decrease, decreasing costs and uh, in, in always increasing ROI. Okay, so how can working with an enterprise management partner impact their cost savings? It's, you know, a lot of the times when we see special projects and large organizations, the first thing the organization tries to do is pull resources from everything that they already have going on. And a lot of times what we see on the front side is the organization thinking they're going to save money because they're already paying these people's salary. But in hindsight, what ends up happening is you take these people away from what was already their 40 hour a week job where, where they were operating efficiently, they were operating effectively. And now you pull them, whether it be, you know, four hours, eight hours a week, but you pull them out of that, um, that system that they're used to, to go be creative and try to put time towards something that, you know, is, is the special project or falls outside of their, their day-to-day scope. And so what we end up seeing happening is on the side of, of what they're, they're used to doing, the operations side, it starts to have, it starts to have a little bit of issue and they're not huge issues necessarily, but, you know, two or 3%, you know, drop in revenue, two or 3% drop in efficiency, you know, an increase in um, employee turnover because there were training issues or customer service starts to fall down. All of these things relate to time and money. And then on the other side, they're not really 100% there in this other project because they have other obligations to the company. And while they're supposed to be creative and working through solutions, they're worried about, you know, if this person going to show up today or, you know, what their obligations are for, for day-to-day stuff. So I think it's really difficult for organizations to understand sometimes the value uh, because they just see a, a bigger a bigger number that they have to pay out on the front side. But a lot of times, you know, working with an outside group, they're going to get it done faster. They're going to get it done more efficiently and they're going to get it done on time rather than, you know, when we're pulling additional resources, it asks them to take on additional burden. A lot of times, you know, the project, the timeline gets pushed out. The budget ends up going up. Um, The issues and things and hurdles that they weren't familiar with or weren't prepared for because they've never done it before have now cost them a lot of time and essentially a lot of money. So I think it's, it's important for groups to really gain an understanding of, you know, what their bandwidth is as an organization and when it's a good time to, to kind of stretch that, you know, or attempt to stretch that or look for an outside third party to come in and handle specific projects so they don't lose money on the day-to-day operations and they're not losing time. Um, due to a lack of understanding or competency to those special projects. Yeah, and even in the in the evaluation periods, I mean, you should always be evaluating your business, always be, you know, looking at that. And when you bring on uh, somebody like Higher Yields, you know, you're looking at that extension, that trusted advisor, that directional, to provide that directional leadership and um, become that extension or resource to the team uh, that is focused solely on alignment to end game, end goal, and vision, 
uh, of that particular MSO. And so that, uh, you know, it always lends itself to uh, amazing results and uh, continued, uh, continued success. How can working with an enterprise management partner impact their revenue growth? Upward. <laughs> yeah, go for it, Anthony. Upward, 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 upward. Well, it's it, you don't know what you don't know in, in that sort of thing. If you're not looking necessarily like, again, it's, it's not about thinking about better. It's about thinking differently. It's looking at it from different angles and different perspectives and utilizing, you know, gap analysis and SWOT analysis and, you know, the, the major things that are going to, you know, develop um, where, again, it's, it's either decreasing uh, cost, increasing efficiency, uh, increasing revenue. Uh, so everything affects the, the bottom line directly. And so we can, you know, easily uh, take a look at return on, on investment, like investing into an MSO, investing into someone like a higher yields to come on and be that, that third party, that, you know, second set of eyes that, you know, that trusted advisor into, into their business with alignment, of course, and uh, easily, uh, the return on investment aspect is, is incredible. I mean, you really take a look at that. I mean, what is it worth? What is their time worth? And um, as Corey mentioned, I mean, they're in it day to day functioning with personnel uh, issues, equipment issues, or, you know, whether it be shipping issues, whether it be plant issues, whatever, whatever those issues may be, they're in the business and um, they're not working on the business in terms of a business development environment. And so that's where, you know, we come in, we bring that expertise. We're the ones helping them think differently and therefore increasing uh, return on investment and, uh, you know, revenues and, you know, who knows? I mean, the evaluations could prove out to be a 30% increase in, you know, in revenues uh, tied to, you know, certain projects. So it's definitely um, something that they, I believe that they should look into. Okay. So how can working with an enterprise management partner impact their brand recognition and demand generation? <laughs> Words to my ears. Honestly, the a lot of people don't take demand generation seriously, and here's what I mean by that: um, demand generation is actually it's a it's a concert, it's a collaborative and cooperative environment uh, internally with the organization uh, in order to be able to um, have that culture, that brand culture, what they want to be known for, the trust that they want to build in the marketplace. Um, you know, permeate throughout the, the, the organization. So it's not just in the sales, it's not just in C-level executives, it's not just in operations, it's the whole organization. And when you take a look at demand generation as it relates to what the brand is, I mean, it all starts in brand awareness. And the first people that you should start with, one of those groups you start with is their own internal uh, organ operating organization. Um, and the hierarchy there. I mean, it's it, and then allow that to continue to be trained internally in uh, demand generation process, 
which, uh, you know, those six pillars um, that I talk about internally to higher yields all the time, um, you know, really makes a difference in terms of that positioning, the messaging, what do they want to be known for awareness? And, and that's not only just the brand, it's actually the people representing the brand as well. Um, so how important it is for, you know, the individuals to champion the brand and, but how do they champion their own brand? You know, it's asking or answering questions like that and, uh, you know, moving down a process so that there's a systematic approach of, of gaining permission, of positioning, of building trust and uh, creating solutions and designing solutions that, you know, understanding their ideal customer profile. And there's so much that goes into that and bringing in someone like a higher yields in terms of that, you know, enterprise management and business development partner. Um, we can, we look at that and we can help uh, deliver you know, on that, of course, always increasing demand almost directly correlates with increasing revenue. Um, that is for sure. Okay, well, that's all the questions that we have for today. Uh, but does anybody have any final thoughts? Yeah, really, that's, you know, the, the last thing that I'll definitely say is that, you know, um, explore uh, why higher yields is different, why we do things differently. And how important it is, um, you know, in, in terms of why we exist and uh, exploring that directional leadership, not only, you know, local levels in, in the states that we've worked in, but also globally in the countries we've worked in and are working in currently. So, um, you know, reaching out and, and uh, having a conversation and opening a dialogue about uh, certain points of partnership that could be readily um, you know, readily on that uh, low-hanging fruit element, you know, we're, we're always ready to, to take on uh, new projects, new experiences, and, you know, reach that end game of increased profitability, uh, reduced cost, improved efficiencies, and always return on investment. And you brought up earlier perspective, which I think is a, a really good one and a, and a very important one. Um, and just people, you know, working in their business and having that tunnel vision and not really being open-minded to, you know, seeing how the competitors are doing it or how they've done it or understanding how we, how we got to this point, not just the what, but the why of what we're doing. Um, and, you know, working with a group like higher yields or you know, somebody who specializes in truly like cannabis consulting, having seen very small conceptual startups build their operations up and see having seen large multi-state operators fail at you know what what they were attempting to do and and those who have been successful and everything in between so you know one of the biggest values that i i always think about that, that higher yields brings this industry is just the perspective and the different types of projects we've seen and the different ways that we've had to work with people's strengths and weaknesses to, to create something that's really custom to them, that puts them in, in the best position, not just a good position, but the best position to move forward and to improve their business, you know, whether that be becoming more efficient or having that business development arm to go out and, and vet out and qualify and, and find opportunities to, to continue to develop the brand um, into new markets or in, you know, to new products. So I think that perspective that you mentioned earlier, Anthony, is, is a really important one. Excellent. Thanks, Corey. 
Well, thank you very much, guys, for being on the podcast today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks, Adam. Well, thank you, folks, for listening to the Higher Enlightenment podcast. For more information about our podcast, check out the information below. If you have suggestions for future shows, or you'd like to be a guest on the Higher Enlightenment podcast, get in touch through the information below, or please call us at 844-HIGH-YIELD. That's 844-H-I-Y-I-E-L-D. Please check out our website at higheryieldsconsulting.com. And there you can listen to all our previous podcasts. So until next time, thank you very much for listening, and we'll meet again soon.